Folks, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Just off the road in the Pacific Northwest, saw a lot of amazing music, and uh, one of the flashes I had just for a hot minute was uh, Jimmy Russell's Party City 2024, 2034. And uh, this cat was really an intriguing cat because he was playing the guitar uh, the way the old school studio musicians were playing the guitar like David T. Walker and Cornell Dupree. And, you know, you don't see a lot of that kind of instrumentation necessarily coming from different ethnic groups or people of color these days. You see a lot of hip hop and poetry, which is cool in and of itself. But it was great to see him cooking the groove with Dennis Dove and my dear brother, Jimmy Russell, amongst a host of other people. And uh, you get the feeling the sky's the limit. TJ Edwards, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was great. I wanted to uh, just ask you kind of a more global question, like if you went to public school, and if so, was there any instruments there? Was there a band at all? Or how did you, you know, pick up music in general? Um, so funny story, yeah, public school, we did have instruments. I did grow up on like, you know, the, you could pick the class to go to like violin and stuff. So I did violin for about like a year or two. And then that was like fifth grade. And you know, and everybody in fifth grade in public school starts off with like a recorder <laughs> and a violin. Right. Right. So I did violin until like, to like, uh, viola. I was on viola. I did viola until middle school. Right. And then I, I kind of just like got out of it. I think I they put me in some other class, but over time, I, I just always knew I was going to play guitar. I actually started when I was seventeen, really seriously, like playing guitar when I was 17 so I did I was like what do you mean uh tell me what you mean that you always knew you were gonna play the guitar you were having dreams um, about it from like a kid's age no I just had this gift where I could like I'd be in church because that's where I grew up I grew up in church so right. I'd be in church hearing like solos the songs that we'd be like worshiping to and stuff so I was like, man, like one day I want to like fill in, you know, some of these solos I'm hearing in my head. And, and like, I always listen to music and it just gave me a different vibe. Just like, I was like, man, I want to make this. I remember like in middle school, I was listening to like dubstep and I was like, man, I always want to make dubstep music. But <laughs> well, when I grew up, I was, I was always given a guitar for Christmas or some type of instrument for Christmas, but I never really got the sense to learn it and had like a teacher and everything. So, so like you got the, up to that point, I mean, would you say that you got kind of burnt out of just taking direction from a conductor and having limited opportunities to improvise? Uh, you mean that's like, why uh, you walked away from violin is what I'm saying. You know, like why did, oh, why yeah. did you, you know, cause to me, like, the ultimate thing at that jam session or in any in musical environment, it's like, you know, saying what you need to say. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, your vocabulary is still growing a lot, but, you know, you want to stretch it out, you know? Yeah. Um, 
nah, with the, with the v with the violin and viola stuff, it was just like uh, I think I got put into another class and I just couldn't continue it anymore. So, like if I if I uh, kept going, I probably would have been like a a very very serious viola player. <laughs> right, right. I mean, did you? How quickly? Were you on the bandstand after you got the guitar for your birthday? Um, <laughs> bands, bandstand by. Uh, what I do mean, you like, mean, I by? mean, like, like what the way I, I mean, you were how far along in your career at this point? Like, like, what was the first band you were in? Uh, you know, oh, like how man. quick? How quickly did you collaborate with people? Some people just shed in their room all day. And they're amazing players, but they're too insecure to play with other people. So when did oh. you first when did you first start cooking the groove with other cats? Man, so at seventeen, I I started cutting grass and I got my first guitar, and I would play in my room all day, every day, <laughs> and then <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and and then I I got out to play at the church my first year and a half and I started getting better because all I was learning was to improvise at that point. Uh, I did take classical guitar in high school. This was the time I was in high school. I took classical guitar and shout out to my teacher, Miss uh, Miller. Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, absolutely. She taught me all the, she taught me all the, uh, you know, the basic structure of like classical guitar and like all the notes on the fretboard and, first position and stuff like that. But uh, I would say the first band I really played in um, outside of probably school would be with Ron Ortiz the second. Now, what was that outfit like? And that, that like was... Like, I need to hear, I need to hear some, some audio of that, man. Yeah, That's Maiden Voyage. Tell me a little bit about, like, because I always feel like that Maiden Voyage is always, uh, I mean, it's something that's going to be part it's a big chapter in a book in everybody's book you know yeah um so i guess i went to five-star guitars here in portland or in oregon closer to more of the hillsborough area beaverton area and uh those guys i get really cool with those guys those are guys are like family to me and they start spreading my name around and then at the time i was doing like online videos and social media and uh they they spread my name around and then next thing you know I got hit up by uh Ron Artis the second, a local musician. Right now he's in uh Nashville. He he moved to Nashville recently, but uh he he called me out and he wanted me to do one of his projects with him called Live in the Studio Volume Two, I believe. And uh I came out and that was the first time I met him and I played with him. He was pretty much the only person I was playing with for about like a year. What is it? What did it mean to? What did it mean like live in the studio? You mean you all hit together at the same time and it was like a first or second take? Yeah, we actually did the the song I was on was actually two takes. It's on, it's on a uh, YouTube actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it was actually two. We did it in about two takes. <laughs> we had time to practice, but uh, when we got out there, we did it in two takes. Uh, we had Saida Wright singing. Uh, and she had her background vocals, vocalist too, and uh, we had Ernie on bass and uh, a lot. 
I was going to say, what, like, uh, so did you guys, were you able to tour that album at all or play live gigs? Uh, I wasn't, I didn't really get to go on tour with him. Uh, I, that was just kind of like a one-time project with him. But every time he went on tour, he did bring me up for like a couple of, of local, local stuff that he did. Like I played at the Jack London with him for the first time. And that was, that was pretty dope. <laughs> Whoa, dude! I've been there before. That place is great, dude. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of you know, TJ. Like my show is really about uh, God through rhythm. Rhythm, rhythm is love, and that is what my show is about. And I just wanted you to connect it to the, like, I don't know, James Gadsden. When I interviewed him, great drummer. You know, he talked about in the Bible, David danced. Uh, music was seen as a healing force. I just wanted to know how you can fuse the multidimensional aspect of like mind, body, and soul, and then, in, you know, put that through into your music as a healing source, as opposed to dogma or conformity or like just sort of preaching something, but you're not really, you're just kind of a hypocrite. Oh man, that, man, you hit the spot. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Come on dog. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, yeah. We're going deep, man. Man, look. Man, look, bro, that is exactly why I actually started Guitar Voice. I wanted, that was my main motto, was to let people hear God through my music or me playing guitar. That was the main goal, because when I first said I wanted to start playing in a church, I was like, man, I'm doing this, and the only, the only reason I'm doing this is because God is putting this in my brain to wow. be able to hear these solos and actually do this and then, like, convey the spirit through there through my guitar so he i just he basically just takes over man and when i'm when i'm playing whatever i'm playing it's just kind of like <laughs> you never know what's gonna come out like well that's I, what i'm I, saying I'm, like it's like you're you know you when you're like a vessel or a conduit like it's better uh it's really beautiful to be a conduit did, did you find did were you first touched by that because i think for so many people, well, first of all, I mean, granted, I, I get the church is a great gig. It's a, it's actually a gig. It pays well. Like, um, but uh, I just wanted you to talk about like in that music, like the rhythm that was required as a guitar player. Like it, back in the day when there were like six night a week gigs, three sets a night. Um, if you wanted to be in an organ trio if you, on guitar, you really had to have nasty rhythm. And I, I, is, does today's music uh, groove hard in the worship setting, or do you find it to be? How do you uh, make the music round these days with all the uh, quantized rhythm that's pumped into our ears every day? It's um, I would say definitely in the gospel side, it's still a lot of like rich rhythm because if you listen to a lot more of the new gospel. We have new concepts and everything that that you can hear just, man, there's some cats out there that are just like killing the game with, with that type of Are you of kidding rhythm, me, dude? But... You got to hit me to some of these cats, man, because like that's where yeah. I don't, I'm so ignorant to that. I'm hearing the, yeah. the mainstream stuff, like not, anyway, I who am I? I just wonder from your point of view, like, if, if you, how are you able to cook with grease in a gospel setting? 
How am I able to cook with grease? <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it bluesy, you know, keep it greasy, you know, like not make it too perfect or classicalized, you know, where there's a formula trip to it. Oh man, like because where I'm from, I'm from South Carolina, so I, I grew up around a lot of the gospel music, a lot of gospel, a lot of the stuff that's in R and B today is from those gospel like licks and stuff. Absolutely, and absolutely. A lot of that is purely made down in the south like you know a lot of those like jubu smith his riffs like out in hollis these these dudes are like the people that like a lot of the other guitars look up to and then they're since we're all down there we're just big melting pot of just like sound so we're, they're constantly coming up with new things new licks and a lot of wow. people wow. a lot of the time they're the people that get called out for a lot of the live like shows that uh bigger artists do because they have that vocabulary and gospel with a lot of the contemporary music i mean they it's it's very simple it's not really like like spontaneous and you know uh, I mean, it was it, it was it's as simple as putting it politely you know like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, <laughs> you know where i'm from we jump and shout and it's praise, you know what I'm saying? It's praise and worship, but up here it's like, not up here, but like with contemporary worship, it's kind of just like, you know, it's kind of mellow. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it, I feel like know. it's like, uh, anyway, I, I just feel that. I, I have no, like, I mean, I can just sort of feel like you're from the, you're definitely right. I mean, the regional rhythms of that, like, the Carolinas, you know, Maryland, Virginia, like it's a very, it's, it has been a very rich, rich scene for a long time. And um, um, so you would say that um, when, did you feel like you were tapped into your God when you were playing the violin or only when you started playing the guitar? I feel like, music in general I'm always tapped in like it, no matter what I play um I think I was it was more noticeable when I started playing guitar because that at the time I was like man I'm really feeling this and I was more uh, matured in my journey <laughs> you know yeah you know, I, did, I, did, I did yeah I did so I was like yeah um <laughs> you know I got a better understanding of where this is coming from you know so what so what so what was I guess basically what was your have you been on been on tour before? Have you been a road dog before? What what has that experience been like if if that if that's the case? Uh I that is a future thing because uh I haven't started touring with anybody yet, actually. Okay. I, I dude, um, I'm loving this, dude. I am getting you right at the get-go, man. This is unbelievable. <laughs> You're yeah, on the you're playing. on the path, man. This is sick. Sick. I've been playing for about six years now, man. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just blessed to have so many people in my path that are just like like yesterday we just had Swati and Maria's like celebration at the Goodfoot and it was every legend I could think of in one room <laughs> that night. And wow. I just got to be able to just show out and show up for that last night. I mean, we we party hard. Oh my god, man! Yeah. 
this is sanctified stuff, you know. I mean, this is. Yeah. Not, I, did you? That's my question. What was the closest thing? Did you? Um, did you ever get a chance to see anything like a sanctified church, holy rollers? Uh, you know, to me, like that was the magic of New Orleans too. Like Cyril Neville, when I interviewed him, he talked about going to church and the pastor was speaking Latin. It didn't make any sense to him. And there was one uh, church of the Holy Spirit and God that still the, the, the pastor had a drum set on the stage where he gave the sermon. And like, you know, it was truly like falling out of the pews kind of stuff. And rhythm makes that happen. Man, that rhythm, yeah. rhythm makes that that the, the voices are great, the octave stuff, whatever you know that people get off on that. It's the rhythm that breaks open the skull that allows for the spiritual transmission, man. And I, how right, close man. did you ever get to that? I'm curious if you ever felt that or even was like, because to me, that's you know the sanctified stuff is that's that's the deepest stuff. Oh yeah, man. Look. <laughs> When I was uh, back home, when I was playing for about, I think my first year and a half, I was playing with the church. And that whole time I was playing with the church and just, God, the spirit was so conveyed in there, man. There would be some times where like church service would go for like hours. <laughs> like I'm talking in the rhythm section, this is me. This is really, it was just me, the drummer and some keys. That's so, so sweet. So we'll sync up and it would just be like the song, we would carry that thing out for hours. Sometimes we just let the spirit just flow in and I'll be having my solos and and it would just people fall out everywhere. <laughs> you could just what? feel it, man. Like like dude, it's a whole nother thing. You close your eyes and just go. So you're telling me it was all instrumental or someone was singing? Because that to me is like, if you're playing the song like Fusion Trio, that's you're, that's off the hook. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, we did. We also had vocalists, too. But like at, at, it got to a point where, you know, they get to a point where it's like a break in the song. And then everyone's like that singing is kind of like in the spirit already. <laughs> and Absolutely. so now we just Dude, playing. I mean, this is so beautiful, man. And so how did the – you want to give a shout out to like – the pastor, what kind of, what was it like, uh, the, the name, uh, it was a Pentecostal church or what kind of denomination was it? Oh, we were non-denominational. That's beautiful. Why did that happen? Yeah, we, we were non-denominational. It's just like, we we want everybody to be able to enjoy, you know, his love, his spirit. How did you, how did you, could I ask how you found the church? Uh, I grew up with this church, so my mom found it when we moved to South Carolina from Georgia, because I'm an Army kid, so we've been moving. Um, sure. But when we got to South Carolina, man, they they took us in with open arms. Um, it's called Harvest Worship Center. Uh, I'm not sure they really are a church still today, because after COVID, they kind of, like, we were small, so after COVID, they kind of, like, went down. But, hey, it's, yeah, that, that, was, that was a lot of, uh, they had a lot to do with my growth. Oh, basically because it wasn't like a massive congregation, you were able to stretch out for for just a long extended period of time and just and just become it just would get higher and higher and higher and higher. Yeah, man, I'm just uh, 
Yeah, during that whole time, because we're smaller, like you said, we we didn't have like I didn't have the the discipline of uh, a much tighter congregation or a tighter band being in there. Where like, oh, if you don't play this part right, right, I did. Or, yeah, you know, they're gonna come and take <laughs> they're gonna take you off stage and bring another <laughs> guitarist on. So in this setting, it was a lot more improvising because no one else knew guitar. I was the only one learning guitar. So no one could teach me. I just had to learn myself. So I would be at home on YouTube, learning guitar, you know, <laughs> learn how to improvise. And I, I really didn't start off like the natural musician of learning songs. Right. I, I'm naturally just drawn to creating. So I was more of like, I have this stuff in my head. I need to play it. I need to figure out how to play it and transition it to my instrument to get it out. So did that and, require like a meditative approach? Like, did you have to adopt some sort of like, to me, I think, again, going back to this nexus of faith, spirit, love, it's like, it's about focus, but yet right. being, being, being empty too. So you can be an empty vessel for the information to come through you. Right. That's, that's, that was, that was my prayer basically every wow. Sunday morning, <laughs> every time I get on stage, man, it's like, Driving, I could be driving to a gig and be like, man, God, whatever I play, hopefully somebody's touched by it, you know. TJ Edwards, man, blowing my mind, dude. Unbelievable. I mean, what is – tell me what – at this point, um, what kind of band – are you just sort of like able to cobble together a living as a – live musician because you're not road dogging it and then also what what kind of band um uh you know because road dogging now like just you know i saw you i was on the road with my friends and these are like really top flight pros incredible musicians just like in the same groove and uh it's just it's a it's a really tough time uh to be a, to a road dog musician you get jerked around by the by the venues uh you don't have any real representation um and you basically have to get off on playing music because you're going to lose money on these kinds of things so i i just feel like have you is is the road are you is it something what, what what's it going to take to get you on in, in in a band just dealing with the adversity and the headwinds of the time uh for right now i have like a a regular like nine to five just to like you know hold me because I'm more of like a like I, I do social media work so I do do session work and stuff so I have that passive income coming in too but um I do have passive like, income passive five. income is just fine that's fine yeah. I, I mean you know everything so you're you so you're you're and then do you have a steady gig at this point like I guess maybe the better question is this like where do you feel and we'll and we'll, you know, air it out in this today. But um, where do you feel you need to push yourself the most? Um, are you just really always in an elevated state? What is a stress situation for you in terms of like the ten hats a musician has to wear in this era, or, or, <laughs> or does the spirit just say, TJ, you know, you're you have many, uh, you know. Responsibilities here, so um, 
you're going to work this gig and have a family and play music when it comes to you and you're just always going to have a good time. Man, my my whole motto is just having a good time, man. Like I love I love it. I love doing it for the money too, but like I don't really that's not really my go-to cuz when I first started, I mean, when I was getting I was in church, I wasn't going there for the money. I was just going there cuz I need to I have this thing in my head and I need to play it. So as far as like the future, I mean, I hope I mean, it, it will come. <laughs> That's all I can say is it, it, the money will come sooner or later. But as far as me, what I need to what I need to fo- focus more on would be like, I guess, creating more music because I have a certain sound I want to bring to life. And right now, I have so many musicians that can help me with that. It's kind of, it's kind of just like I'm trying to get up to a point where like representation like you said representation and me being like me getting out more so my name gets out there more so that way I can when I introduce this this sound that I have in my head people will receive it I have people that are going to receive it yeah I mean I mean I I heard it the other night I mean do you feel like um can you just talk like when you were ear trained musician before you learned to read music yeah, I was through training. Yeah, I did. And, and, I did a lot of uh, improvising. It's so. T- I want you to just talk about this is really important because most cats today are gr- now. You did learn to read music playing the viola and violin, but oh yeah, yeah. But in terms of the, the guitar, um, uh, you would say when you would practice all day, would you basically just? Li- I'd like you to talk to cats about. Uh, because your ears got big because of that, because you mm-hmm. put yourself in a listening situation. So, what were some of the games? Did did you did you have other cats come over and you play games, or did you just basically like listen to your favorite records and improvise it, or did you just like make shit up? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I at the time I had no one else that played guitar other than maybe this one. This is one cat that played guitar with me and shout out to him. Trey, his name is Trey Martin. Yeah, he played, man. He, yeah. he was in, uh, he was in classical guitar class with me and I, he had been playing for two years, but he sounded so good. And I was like, I'm going to get as good as you in half the time. <laughs> ah. And that's what, and he was like my goal. But and see, I want to ask you, that. I want to, this is, I want to ask you, this is so important. Why did he inspire you and not make you want to quit? Because, like, there's a lot of cats today, and I'm not saying it, it, no judgment. It's just some people, you watch them. I'm not a musician, but you watch them say, I never want to pick up the guitar again. But then there are people that are amazing, and they they inspire you to want to get better. So, like, what was it about his playing? I mean, the chops are the chops, but was it, was it more like his storytelling, his way to say stuff in a succinct period of time, his tone? Like what was it here's, that? Yeah. Here's a so here's the thing that I do in in my head. I kind of like this is how I kind of pick like a guitarist that like I know is like is very inspiring to me is if when I hear you, I like I get that feeling of whoa like 
I've never heard this sound before. And the way you're expressing yourself is the way I want to express myself too. So like listening to him, he licks his tone, his, his whole, like all, all the stuff he was playing was like, cause he was playing in church too. So he, he had been playing for church for like two years. So a lot of his licks, he would do a lot more vocal. Like I like doing like more vocal licks. So I love how like making the guitar sing kind of like a dare church type way. Wow. So stuff like that, like that really hits. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this is, have, is there, um, aside from that original session live in studio, are you called on for session work, like to overdub or to, uh, what kind of studio scene is there uh, in, for you in Portland? Uh, I'll get a lot of work outside of Portland. I get a lot of work because. What does that mean? Where um, are you going, bro? Where are you? Where are they hiring you? Oh, I'm not. I'm not really going anywhere. I just like <laughs> add my computer. Wait, you get offers. My computer. You get offers. You get offers. Yeah, I get yeah. my computer and I uh, and then they send me the track. But the music I've been getting lately, yeah. most of the music I've been playing has been like hip hop and like R and B and rap. Because a lot of the R&B and hip-hop scene nowadays in mainstream are using guitar as samples now. So, like, we're a lot more needed <laughs> nowadays. There you Explain that. What do you mean? As opposed to the bass and drums, they're using the guitar more? Uh, well, you know, a lot of producers nowadays can just program drums in or just grab a sample from, like, Sound Slice or something. But one thing that I know a lot of these a lot of the industry uses either their sample guitar or they just get something that's unique because you can't necessarily keep sampling a guitar over and over again. Right, that's right, that's right. Because everybody plays a different way, a different sound. So when somebody, like, when somebody hears me, they're like, oh, I want that sound. Profound. Right. You're, so, you're, I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Are you are you poet as well? I mean, are, do you sing? Oh no, no, no! I was singing. I can I can sing a little bit, but <laughs> you could do some like background things or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm doing background, I can do a little something, something. But yeah, that's that's the only way I can really like say what I need to say out loud as far as like um, getting the notes that I I hear in my head out. I gotta sing it and then play it on guitar. Right. When you're in a setting like with uh, those two badass drummers and Jimmy Russell, how how did you connect with that group? Because that like I did all I wanted, I you know, like it was an intense set. And uh, all I wanted was, uh, you know, you, you, you to keep having more solos. But, you know, you had one and it was enough to be like just caught my attention. I was like, wow, that is got that guy's like. He's on the path, man. Like he's like near start, not start. I don't want to say stardom. What's your concept? What is your definition of success at this point in your life? A definition of success when I'm able to, my goal, my number one goal is to just be able to have like thousands of people hear God in my music. That's it. <laughs> like, And I, I just want to make like as far as like the money you know everybody wants like you know the money as far as like being able to live off of it you know what i'm saying and to do it and that'd be the only thing i'm doing and i can just sit down and create all day and make more music i would say that is success in that 
would look like that. Yeah. It's to be able to be well off. And, but for me personally, my goal is to get a lot of people who got music. That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, what is, uh, what is your message, your unique message, uh, from the God within you? Like what, what are you trying to get across to cats? Like to me in the setting that I saw, it was about like, um, happiness and, uh, and good vibes and don't overcomplicate things. And, you know, not everything has, you know, imperfection is perfection. Um, and yet, you know, there are a lot of people out there that it's just there's a black and a white. There's a right way and a wrong way to do something. And to me, like in this day and age, if people are getting off, unless somebody's doing something dastardly, you got to be a little bit more flexible than that. And I feel like as a musician, you recognize that sort of flexibility. And I wonder if you could talk to people that are sort of shrouded in dogma based on monotheistic religion that they've kind of gotten brainwashed. How have you not gotten brainwashed? Uh, brainwashed by, by what? Uh, the dogma of monotheistic religion. Mm. Uh, like could, me, you, could you explain that a little bit more? Well, I mean, like, uh, the sort of the groupthink mentality of, you know, sort of, you know, basically creating more shepherds than sheep. I'm saying in like mega churches and places like that, where really the conformity, I mean, it, oh, me, okay, I get what, what I'm saying is like, I, I mean, I feel like cats that are blessed and be graced in the in the name of the, of, of the lord like that people that have that sort of multi-dimensional aspect of their life especially the rhythm and the music could have a different perspective than people that are just they don't have that and yet um they're lacking that part of themselves that allows them to basically allow for mistakes allow for progress like 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 lean into love lean into the insecurities like you know because just a lot of times people get wrapped up in a uh in a group think meth, me, uh, mentality and uh yeah I, and they're not thinking how do you think for themselves i mean that's how, so that's what i mean by brainwork how have you learned to think for yourself yeah. man here's my philosophy so <laughs> uh the only the only people there's those big churches they really do get caught into the trap of like oh i can sit in the back and just like you know i come here right and uh and i just do what they tell me to exactly. do exactly it's not authentic. there's a difference yes. between that and the actual experience with god because those who like you said like musicians and stuff like that that actually like push beyond limits they have a different take on religion and and like the uh church you know brainwashed they have a different perspective and like me i'm i'm like i'm not i'm not going to be a person that's really like oh you got to be perfect or you got to do this 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 and that me i'm more of like uh you know we're going to make mistakes but as long as you have experienced god in some way that's the only way you will get out of the mindset of being brainwashed by you know you know mega churches or and i'm not knocking mega churches but i'm saying like you got to have your own experience with god because that's the that's the only way 
<laughs> that's all. Well, I mean, there's yeah. just a lot of people out there, and I don't care what religion it is. It could be Islam or Judaism or Christian, whatever. <laughs> just cast that. They're they're their gift they think that they're they're they can recite passages in the bible it's like it's about creating your own story and that's the story that's coming through you in your apparatus and that completely right. separates testimony you. exactly that's the real stuff it's not being able to cite scripture that doesn't mean anything and so right. like you know like that to me is like listen and then there are some people that do the do that do the good deeds and really there's a lot of good out there in the world as well uh, within monotheistic religion. But I just feel like the multidimensional aspect of music is essential. Um, and I'm, I mean, do you still, how did you wind up in Portland and also finish my other question about uh, how you got with, with, with J dub and, and Russell. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with that, uh, finishing up the last question. <laughs> sure, so, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Russell, yeah. I got with Russell, um, I was doing jam sessions with, um, in Iwan, South, I think, Southeast, Southwest, Iwan, at like the garages, uh, down in uh, Beaverton, or I think it's Tiger. And I was doing, I did, you know, jam sessions for that. And then I came out to Alberta Street Pub. Yeah, I came out to Alberta Street Pub. And, and then they kept inviting me. It was Mike, Elson, Etta, and Tyrone kept inviting me to, to Goodfoot. And I was like, you come out to the Goodfoot, come out to the Goodfoot. After Mike Elson was like the third person to invite me there, I was like, all right, Tuesdays, I'm going to go see what That's RIT. awesome, dude. I, I came out and I was like, I don't know what this is about. I don't know how. <laughs> I'm gonna just come here and play. I mean, and at that time, I I I I was not acquainted with them and how the music was gonna go on on the stage. So at that time, I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But then over time, playing with Jimmy and Dennis and all them, like all these new cats, that your good foot party city is a hub for like literally. Like for all your ninety degrees of separations to be like <laughs> met right there. <laughs> that's because dude, I've that's, met that's so killing. many people, wow. and I used to I used to be looking at you know Jimmy on stage and like how you be like in the vibe and like like these dudes are like weird, but then like over time I started feeling it more, and I'm like these dudes are in a whole different like level yeah. of like oh yeah oh, music yeah. so. Yeah. And and then now, I mean, I've been playing with them so long now that it's just like I'm starting to feel, you know, I'm starting to I'm starting to get back into like really feeling the music again and like it's free flowing, this free form. I don't have to be like too tight on the song. Is like I'm learning and I'm being free flowing at the same time. So I that with them, I love that. I love that scene. What were the jam sessions like in the warehouses? They must have heard something. They must have heard your tone. And the you, garages? Yeah, because, I mean, the three cats are inviting you to Goodfoot. There's something. I mean, in your mind, looking back, like, because you didn't really know what was going on. I mean, that was – you haven't played in other kinds of improvisational settings like that, I don't believe. Right. Well, in the garages, there there were just blues jams. So blues is something that always – came it, it's always going to come natural to me 
Um, I'm always going to have some blues licks. It just hits differently for me. Uh, so blues jams were nothing for me, kind of just going there and being like, all right. And then me being the, you know, the only black dude there, it's kind of just like, everyone's like, oh, I wonder what he has to say. You know, I wonder what he has to say. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm no, I'm nothing more special than the, these guys on stage too. I mean, they got a lot to say too. But I, I go up there and say what I say on my guitar, and I and I have a good time, and I go. But what I was really aiming for was like a place where I could play on the stage the whole time, and actually grow because I, I didn't at the time I didn't have like a you know a weekly gig or. Um, yeah, like the weekly. I didn't have a weekly gig. I just was playing at home, and learning all this new stuff, and nowhere to like put it, you know, apply it. Right, right. So with Jimmy Russell, that I I started off, you know, him calling me up, and then I just started slowly making my way onto the stage. Dude, I'm loving more. this, dude. It's so great. I, I do. Jimmy Russell healed me. You guys were. I, I am so indebted to you guys uh to just be able to come back to life in tucson where i live uh and just be like higher like just natural high and just so much uh sort of like it's psych it's group therapy do you look at music like this uh, that it's uh it's it's psychosomatic as well like in the group setting when things are like when you know you're around you're like you talked about that jam set that memorial session last week or whatever was heavy you know, I mean, to me, um, you know, I'm just a fanatic and a, and a journalist, but it's like the best psychotherapy around. Oh, yeah, man. Being in the setting like that, man, especially when everybody is on the same wavelength, it's like, oh. it's like, man, when we get to a part in the song where everyone's just like, you don't even know where your ears are like hearing so many different sounds all at once. <laughs> it's kind of just like, Yo, yeah, this is uh, like psychedelic. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, playing I mean, with Jimmy on stage is yeah. like, yeah, my my ear of sounds, of like being perfect. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the world of sound, and just being like, whatever flows through you, let it flow. I really, um, for the first time, uh, experienced. Uh, I mean, I got I got baptized by Jimmy Russell. Dude. <laughs> I mean, that dude. <laughs> like, I mean, I, we did a couple interviews, and I did went to his house. We did a video, and we. I mean, we're very connected spiritually, but now, like, I mean, it, it's just the grooves and the and the notes, and the note placement, and it's just like I, I was I was taken to the woodshed hard, but in a, in the best possible way by Jimmy Russell, and so it's beautiful. That you, um, like, what would make you quit your nine to five? Uh, definitely a stable, like, saying, I say if I was like, if it got to a point where I was like that musician that needed to be called out to play with like a big person and, and I had, I got paid to do that, like right. to come home and like sit until they called me. And I still got paid. Like that would probably <laughs> you're be on the like retainer. The, yeah, you're on retainer. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. So that would probably be the reason I would like quit the nine to five because at that point I'm like, why would I be working? <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, I could basically work because I'd be sitting at home, but I would need to like <laughs> no, I did, man. So. Dude, man, I got to be honest with you, TJ, man. Like, it's gonna, it's coming down the road real soon, man. So that decision, you're coming to that crossroads real soon, and uh, yeah. you know, um, we'll definitely do, um. We'll definitely do part two, man. But I, I mean, this was, it was really an honor. I, I really am, am grateful uh, to connect with cats that are connected to, um, you know, the, the highest power uh, and, you know, and uh, being able to channel that and also bring light to the world. Um, and obviously you're just on the beginning of the path, which is, it's, this, this is going to be an epic interview of all time. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, down the line, man. Yeah. Down the line, dude. And that's what I'm saying. And I want to tell you something before we go. I've been on the air 12 years. AM, FM, NPR affiliate here. Podcast now. And, you know, even if you go off to lead the the TJ Edwards experience, you know, mm -hmm. the quintet or whatever, you know, and, and you know, not to me – it's about legacy. So I know that the interviews and the books that I've done are going to live on long after I've left this planet. The impact they have now is beautiful, but you want to make sure that it goes on to future vibrations and future generations, man. And that's, that's the a key. goal. That yeah, is man. Goal right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's the, the whole, so thank you for being, thank you for hooking it up. It, this was, this was classic. Yeah, man. And man, like that's, that's my goal is to make music that, then that is like that just goes beyond generations, man. Well, we'll stay. In, let's stay in touch, man. And uh, hopefully, maybe you can be on the road with some band swinging through Arizona. We can catch a hang, you know. Oh yeah, man. Let, yeah. yeah, let me know. Let me know. All right, man. Yeah, it's great to hear you, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Great talk, man. Yeah, big big time. Much love. Much love, man. Much love. Peace, man. Peace.